What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Member Country Music Podcast. As usual, I'm Kyle Corbus. I'm super excited. Um, I have someone that I would consider a friend. Now, Gabe probably doesn't think the same way, but for me, for me, uh-huh. is my friend. Gabe Lee is that here to hang out with me. My favorite voice um, pretty much ever, and I tell people that all the time, and I'll tell people that to the day I die. Uh, Gabe Lee, how are you, buddy? What's going on? I'm excited to hang out with you and catch up a little bit. Thanks, friend. You know, as long as you as long as you keep promoting my shit and uh, <laughs> buying tickets to my buying tickets to my shows, you can be my friend. <laughs> okay, all right. So then maybe I won't hit you with the uh, with the five minute slap on the wrist for for <laughs> being late. I won't I won't Venmo you later. I won't say here five bucks. Send it my way. <laughs> I won't do it's that. It's all good. Um. So thanks for coming out with me. I appreciate it. Um. If you don't know Gabe, Gabe is um based out of Nashville, Tennessee, born and raised, and. Um, he is uh, absolutely incredible, and he's got a new record out. So that's kind of where we're gonna uh, dive a lot of our focus in today, um, and we're gonna we're gonna kind of break down these uh, twelve songs that I think is absolutely gold, and I listen to it all the time. Uh, I have it on CD. I listen to it in my car. I, I just love it. I think it's just a f- fantastic project, um, and you know it's just great. So let's. Uh, why don't we just start by kind of catching everyone up where you've been? I think it's been like got to be almost two years right since the last time we had you here now two years is that is that too it, long it might be it might be but am i, I approaching mean, three years i think i'm uh, approaching three years yeah because i mean you hit me up in 2020 for the first time yeah um so you know that and and that year too uh i there was uh yeah that was the first time i ever um you know met folks like grady smith online yeah. and um there's another uh her name's Christine. Um, she has a, a tiny channel called, the, not a tiny channel, that's mean, but she's got a, a smaller channel called The Back Road. And then uh, I also did a podcast with the Raised Rowdy guys cool, yeah. um, that year too. So yeah, that was that was a big year for um, jumping into interviews and podcasts. And sure. we ended up doing so many that it felt, it felt pretty natural by the time we put out another record and yeah. we had some really good press. It was like, you know, I, I felt comfortable chatting with people on Zoom and sure. and um, though though today I had my Zoom had like expired. <laughs> like it, I think my I think my uh, phone had like like uh, like offloaded it because I hadn't used it in forever. Yeah. Um, so thanks for getting me back on the on the Zoom train. But um, yeah, it's been it's been a couple of years and obviously I've seen you around um, and and you're you're you're, you're looking well. But uh, well, I appreciate that. Well, what I think is interesting. Right. So like, do you you've been playing music for a while. Do you think that, that like this podcast and things like that, like, because you, like you said, like in 2020 before that you, you weren't doing that as much, right. If, if at all, I don't know if at all, but um, did one, do you enjoy those experiences too? Like, have, do you notice a, a, did you notice a jump in your music career after you started doing that, that kind of stuff? And I'm, I'm sure the answer is probably yes. I don't know, but. Absolutely. Uh, uh, to answer your question about whether or not there seemed to be more exposure than, yeah, I mean, you know, any, any, any avenue you can take. And, and generally for me, um, like a couple of things has happened. Uh, a couple of things have happened since, uh, since meeting folks and hopping on different, different podcasts that honestly, I, I wasn't really, I hadn't been really aware of until mm-hmm. I was, you know, until I saw the email. Um, I've, I've made, I've made buddies with people. I've made friends with folks who are um, you know, like-minded folks, they're music journalists or they're music nerds. And, um, they may or may not, 
Yeah, exactly. Well, I was going to say, I mean, nerd by like, they may or may not be um, in the rat race of the music business. They may or may not be actual artists or players, um, but they're very interested by it. They're, um, and they're, they're talking about it and you need those folks too. Um, and, and ultimately like, I mean, whoever can, like Alex Torres, my, my manager and, and label head talks about this all the time. It's like, you know, you got to get people on the bandwagon and, and even if it's, even if it's, um, you know, a, a local, uh, a local like music uh, guy blogger that that only has you know a couple hundred uh, friends and followers that that you know feed into his Twitter. Like if he if he tweets his um, you know top ten records, fifteen records of the year, um, and it's only two hundred people, those two hundred people are going to see it. Sure. Um, so like little by little, uh, you you get you get used to I guess like chatting with these folks, but also um, and folks like yourself. I mean, but also, yeah, like you said, you make friends. One of the one of the guys I, uh, that kind of does something similar to you, um, he uh, he had a a blog called I think it was like Jackalope Music or something. And kid from New York, uh, really good songwriter, really good singer, and he just moved to Nashville a few months ago because after inter- interviewing me, he was like, you know what, I I wanna I wanna I want to get to know Nashville a little better. I want to come down and see what it would be like if I could, if I could actually live here and cut it yeah. as a songwriter. And I was like, you know what, Jack, the only way to do that is to just come down here and find out for yourself. So right. um, he ended up coming down for like a week or two, trying it out and then um, ultimately moved down here for good. And, um, and now I see him everywhere and I can't get rid of him. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah. So, so the, uh, the exposure, I mean, as far as like, like things that, things that you do with like your audience and then and then you know when you think even bigger like larger bloggers like grady smith yep. uh they they draw they draw the right, right kind of attention and because no one's telling them what to say nobody's telling you what to say right. you have your own you have your own script your own thoughts and opinions which is so valuable for music and art and um and then of course if you got if you, it takes folks like y'all and then it takes ultimately it does take journalists like like local news um, the Nashville scene is a big one. The Tennessee is a big one. And then all the way up to the national news, like Rolling Stone and Billboard, um, everything in between is important to us because we're just, we're just building. So right. like, you know, we're never going to say no to, to someone who wants to just hear, hear our story and, and try to try to spread it. Sure. Sure. And, and, and that's, that's, that's where I find value. And, and so I love to hear you say that. And, and I find value in, in not only my own opinion, but guys like Grady and, and, like you said, like the raised rowdy guys, like I, I listen to that stuff. Right. And I, I, I read that stuff. And, and, and the reason being is because, you know, they might have a different opinion than me and that's why it's okay. And it's okay to have that. And it's okay to listen and, and sure. be like, Oh, you know, they think this way about this person. Um, maybe I don't know that person or maybe I do, maybe I don't know that person I want to, or I do know that person and I disagree or I agree. Um, and I think that's the beauty of it. Cause it's, it, it just, you know, allows you to, to keep your mind open and, and think about things a little bit deeper. And, and plus you get to, you get to reach out to folks and if they're interested, you get to meet a cool artist or a cool right. songwriter. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty cool because I mean, at the end of the day, no matter what, like if you go through my catalog, you like, if you, like, if you scroll, you can scroll 130, you can go all the way down, right. You can go almost three years and there's going to sure. be probably one person that you can look and be like, one, I either know this person and I had no idea that this idiot from New Jersey sat here and had a conversation, or you could be like, Oh, I've heard this person's cool. And, and that's, that's part of the 
for my opinion, that, that's pretty cool for me. So to have that name or to have whoever that person is attached to uh, me in a very small aspect. So that's fun for me. But I love that. I think that it's important. And and uh, I love that, that, you know, although I don't have, you know, hundreds of thousands of streams each week, it's it, it's valuable to you and it's valuable to other people. And uh, that makes it all worthwhile. That's why that's why we're here. We're here to, to, to spread the story and spread the love and to spread that oh, yeah. good word of music. So I find that really important and I appreciate that. Um, so uh, something I want to get into is that, uh, like you said, I, I've seen you a handful of times in the last couple of years. You come to New York and, and I've come to see you play and I've had a blast. Um, and, and every time you come up here, uh, I'm going to attempt to see you. Uh, um, and I love it. I want to know. So, so this past year, you, you put out this record and then, and then you, you traveled and you played and you went on this tour. Uh, well, one, I love that you just kind of spread out, you go everywhere. And I love that. I think that's awesome. Cause I feel like now so many people are kind of just stuck in these little regions, which I get. Um, but I guess you don't know the audience you have until you go and find it. Right. So, so for, for you to be able to go to all these different spots and to come as high as New York or higher, I don't know how, how far you've gone, but um, you know, like what are, what are some of your favorite places to play and have you find, have you found that, that your music stretches way farther than Nashville and, and all those Southern Eastern States? Absolutely. Uh, that, and that can be, you know, that's exhibited in, in our, in our Rockwood show. Yeah. Um, from a couple months back. I mean, the first time I played there about a year ago or more, uh, I think there were like maybe 25 tickets sold. And uh, and this is in the, I think this is in room three in the bottom, right? It's yep. tiny listening room. And and this time around we sold, we sold, you know, the, the place out, which is like, I think like 45 plus maybe 50. Um, uh, I think it was, I think it may have been, I want to say it was 60, to be honest with you. I think Alex right. told me 60, which is great. So that so that kind of um seeing that kind of growth is exactly what you want. Yeah. Um, especially when like really the best marketing that we can do is put on a damn good show. So yeah, like I don't really have the resources to, you know, buy a freaking billboard in downtown New York yeah. and say come to come to Rockwood. Like, you know, we're not we're not anywhere near that stage yet. But uh, at a very at a very grassroots level, um going on Putting, a, putting on a good show, but then also secondly, and just as importantly, you know, hanging around after meeting the folks that have come out. Yeah. Uh, these aren't, these aren't folks that I've ever met before in my life. Most of them, you know, they've just heard about it. You know, heard about the music one way or another, probably on, probably on podcast, probably sure. on uh, on the radio. Um, now I will say that uh, honestly, Texas, Texas have been really good to us. And I think yeah. it's just because in general, Texas is very, um, uh, uh they just they just love music culture so much like you know they've they have towns they have willie they have guy clark i mean they just they've always had a, a richness of songwriters um and and because of that wealth i think they respect it a lot uh so you know every little honky tonk we pass through every listening room we pass through in texas there's really good listeners um and and every songwriter in the world loves that sure. um but you know, I think the reason why a lot of folks kind of stick to their regions is because they it, it is hard it is hard to fight a brand new crowd that doesn't that really doesn't want to have anything to do with you. Like, yeah. like you, you have to win them over in some sense, and um, and some people uh, just want to stick in their comfort zone, which is which is totally fine. Like honestly, that's kind of the dream. If you're making if you're making a killing, if you're able to play your three shows a week or just on the weekends, 
think you think about it and uh, in some people's cases they got families they got kids at home mm-hmm. if you can just play like down the street a couple times a week make your few thousand bucks a week and um and still be a parent and still be a spouse um that that's that's really inspiring to me and some of my favorite artists like jamie lynn wilson and john bauman um courtney Patton and, and jason Eady, they're 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 family people but they have somehow managed to uh to basically survive as musicians um while still you know having a family and growing roots yeah. um, and i think and i think a lot of that has to do with how loving texas is uh this next year we're going to I don't know when this exact episode is going to drop, but we're going to be in California uh, in in March and April. This will be um, up for in a couple of weeks. Yeah, so that's basically uh, uh, unexplored, uncharted ter- territory. I mean, I played in Portland once, um, and I played in LA once. So we got a booking agent who's setting us up, and uh, that will definitely be a be a blast. But of course, like any any first time you go through a venue, unless you're freaking Morgan Wallen. Yeah. Like the first, the first time you go to a venue, uh, you're, you're probably going to be dealing with 15, 20 people yeah. at like at best. Yeah. I mean, and in, in high school and college I played in, and even, even in the last, you know, six or seven years in Nashville, I've, I've absolutely played to just me and the bartender and like maybe a couple of the songwriters in the room. So, yeah. uh, you know, that's, that's just part of it, but the joy of seeing the return, like people come, first of all, people coming back to your shows yeah. uh, when you're like far from home, when you're in Texas or Oklahoma or the, the Carolinas, people coming back to your shows is really cool to see. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes you get lucky and people um, are singing along and they know the words. And that's, that's when you're like, okay, like I'm making an impact. Um, and it's, a, there's a deeper meaning to this. There's a connection going on. Um, you know, I need to remember to love this, this music community and take care of it and come back to it as much as I can. Yeah. I think that's awesome. And I, and, and I think that, that, you know, the, to be able to go to these areas and, and I love what you said about John Bauman too, by the way, and Courtney Patton, I think she's incredible, but um, I, I, I think to be able to go to these spots and to, to connect with these people and, you know, maybe the first time you have 15 or 20 people, um, but the next time you go back, those 15, 20 people are going to come back and they're going to bring five friends each, or they're going to bring four friends each. Right. And they're going to say, just check yeah. out this guy. And like, it's all kind of a chain reaction. That's what I did. Right. Like the one quick thing that I want to bring up, like when you came to the Rockwood and, and I saw you at city winery, when I went to city winery, I went alone. Right. Uh, I was supposed to go with buddy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I couldn't well, come with, uh, with Brent Cobb. Yeah. With Brent. Right. Great. That was awesome. Yeah. I had a lot of fun, but I sat in the back and I mind my business and, and I enjoyed the songs and, and that was cool. And, and, you know, there, there was some, there's people enjoy seemed to enjoy it and it was awesome. But when I went to the Rockwood, right. I, I brought my brother and my friend with me and I, and I said, um, I said, I, I'm, I'm going to go see a buddy play some music tonight in the city. Um, do you want to come with me? And my friend was like, you're just telling me I got to go and just listen to a guy who, who just likes to sing songs. Sounds like a great time. I'm in. I was like, all right, cool. I was like, I promise you, you're <laughs> going to like him. Right. So, so we go and the two of them sit there and I stood there in the corner. Cause there was not a seat to sit at the seats were filled, which was awesome. And right. um, we sat there and I was standing next to some girl and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm singing along. I wasn't singing very loud. I was singing along and this girl next to me was also singing along to pretty much every song. Uh, she sang, yes. I can probably 
tell you the one, the two that stuck out to me is she, she sung, she sung along to wide open and she was singing along to um, maybe, maybe Babylon. There was a couple, there was a handful that, that stuck out to me that she was singing along to. And I was like, wow, this right. girl knows every word. Like, it's pretty cool. And there was a handful of other people that were doing the same thing. And I was like, this is, this is awesome. And everyone seemed to really enjoy it, which for me was, was super cool because obviously, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of you. So it was cool to see that, but was she, we, uh, was she cute? Uh, I mean, I honestly didn't get a good look at her, but, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, whatever, like you can, you can acknowledge whether or not someone's attracted. You're right. I, I honestly don't remember that. It's for I, my, it's for my sake. Okay? I, I bet it is. I yeah. bet it is. We'll say, you know what? I'll, I'll say, yes, yeah, she was. <laughs> I'll say, yes, yeah, she was. You got, you got a, a number one fan there. There you go. Good. But, um, no, I, I, it was, it was really cool to see that. And, and when we left, right, we walked upstairs and, we were, we were hanging out and, uh, you know, I was waiting to, to talk to you for a few minutes. I was, I, I ended up going to talk to Alex and I, Emily, Emily. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I was talking to both of them. Awesome. Um, obviously I've met Alex before, but it was, it was, I was hanging out with them and I walked back to my buddy, my brother and, uh, my friend Justin was like, dude, I'm a big fan. I was like, see, I told you. And it's the chain reaction. Right. And even my brother who like does who in my house, I am the music geek my brother likes music but not to the same extent but he texted me the next day while he's at work and was like i just listen i've listened to gabe the entire day right the whole day that's all i've listened to while i was at work i just hit shuffle and i just went for it and i was like that's cool because it's become a chain reaction right you get one person then you get two people so yeah you know like yeah maybe you're playing to a bartender and five other people one night but next time you go back maybe you'll play to 30 people and then 50 people and then 100 people you know what i mean so yeah. I love that. I think that's the the power of music and it's important to to know that, you know, like what I think is important is that no matter if you're playing to those five people or those 10 people, you're still putting on the best show because then they'll want to come back. And that's, 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 that's like, one of my, that's one of my, uh, my, my mottos is, is, and I, and I say it jokingly sometimes because like, you know, th there's, there's once in a while, like not once in a while, more than once in a while, all the time I'll, um, I'll still hop on like, uh, either songwriter rounds or open mics and uh and no matter no matter what stage it is like no matter if it's like kind of a, like a jerk off gig like where i'm playing at fucking midnight at, at, at a honky tonk like i'll tell my band or i'll tell alex or whoever's with me I'll, I'll say you know you know every every show is the most important show yeah um because why like why not like that is that is a good mentality to have um rather than like you know what i'm just like nobody's listening I'm not going to give, a, I'm not going to give a shit. Right. Um, and, and also to further that point of like building, I mean, man, I, I hope this is true in, in 10 years, 15 years, like seeing folks like Jason Itty, Edie, Brent Cobb, Lanny Wilson, like uh, yeah. who are, who are not part of a generation of uh virality you know they they don't have tiktok or, or they didn't have tiktok instagram um they they had to do it a certain way which was there was there was no chance of going big overnight yeah you know getting big overnight there was no chance of getting famous um for for like uh for a for a cover yeah. um it was in a lot of ways it was Kind of like it, kind of like it has been for a very long time, which is Amen. get on the road, play your shows, shake every hand, you know, um, 
make as many friends as you can, make as few enemies as possible, and try to meet every single person who's uh, who's working in the business, especially the people who are booking shows, and just a try to get paid, and then and then b try to get bigger, bigger shows. Um, now nowadays, you got folks who um, you know start out like everybody else does. They're they're bedroom musicians. They're bedroom songwriters. They're they're sitting on their on their on their mom or dad's couch um, or sitting in the basement playing. And that's how all of us started out. But they do an amazing job. They do an amazing performance. And some people, you know, are just good at TikTok and yeah. and they they have a great thing figured out. And it's like a brand. And uh, and they have it so quick and so young. And then and then they're then then all of a sudden you got record labels being like, okay, millions and millions of views. We we cannot ignore this. Right. Uh, you pick up a TikTok artist, you put them on the road. It, anything could happen. It it could it could it could be great. It could go down in flames because, really, when it comes down to it, no matter how quick your your rise is to success is, you're going to have to tour. Yeah, you're going to have to go out, hop yeah. on a bus if you're lucky. Most likely, you're going to be in someone be in a car. Um, hopping on planes, lugging your shit around, setting up merch. And all that is part of the learning and building process. And I think that's important because, I mean, ever since like, ever since you had these like show, these uh, competitions, right? Like uh, America's Got Talent, Ameri uh, The Voice, yep. like it, it makes you feel like you can uh, gain a lot of ground overnight just by, you know, being on a show or uh, getting millions and millions of views. And yeah, I mean, that's incredible. Do those views translate to tickets sold? Nope. Do those do those views translate to butts and seats? Do they do they translate to merch bots? Do they translate to streams? No, um, and they don't. if they do, well, if they do, you're you're a lucky son of a gun, you know. Sure. Um, and uh, the the only person I've really seen successfully do that so far has been Gail with the ABCDEF EFU song. Yeah. And I remember seeing her at Belcourt. Belcourt Taps, tiny little shitty songwriter dive in Nashville. She was 14 years old. Her mom was sitting on the bar and basically Gail was up there at 14, super powerful voice, just talking shit about her dad <laughs> all night long. Daddy issues all night long. But we're all sitting there like, holy crap, this girl right. can really freaking sing and she can yeah. write a song. And then a few years later, TikTok comes around bam, she was ready to go because you know what? She was actually a fucking rock star yeah. in waiting the whole time. So, but that's, that's rare. That's rare. But you know what, you know what, what I, what sticks out to me when you say that though is like, okay, so like you take Gail, right? And like she walked. So eventually she can run. She didn't just start out the gate running, which I think is like kind of telling because like, you know, like you said, she was up there at 14, just talking shit and, and saying because she was great and then when her time came you know she was ready she was she was seasoned she was prepared you know some of these people are not seasoned and they're not prepared and they just are kind of thrown into it and 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 they might sound awesome but i mean if you can't get up there and if you put on a shitty show everyone's going to remember that show and not people aren't going to want to go back unless they are your absolute number one fan and they won't let you go i mean yeah, I mean, it definitely is. It's always been a secret swim. Yeah. Like, the, it's always been a secret swim business. So, like, however you're, however you're gaining your your audience and your traction, uh, um, you know, more power to you because 
uh, you got you got people who have amazing TikToks, but they're not able to sell tickets. Right. And then you got you got people who, um, you know, sell tons of tickets all the time. But they're I, I can tell you their management is saying, John Bauman, you should get it. You need to get on TikTok. You need to put more of your shit on TikTok. Like, I don't care if it's you dancing around with your daughter. I do want to see it. And, yeah. and sometimes, you know, it translates and sometimes it doesn't. Then there's me who's like kind of in the middle because I'm a younger, um, you know, like a mid millennial. Yeah. And 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 I'm just like, OK, fine, I'll get a TikTok, but I'm going to put stupid shit on there. <laughs> like, I thought the, I thought the world was going to blow up when Gabe Lee got a TikTok. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Jesus. I sat yeah. there one Friday night and went, hell, what's going on? Is, 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 is the world freezing over or what? Because Gabe yeah. Lee's on TikTok. This is nuts. I I I, I had. I, our our entire team for for like the first two or three years, they were like, "Why don't you have a TikTok?" And I was like, "I barely use my Instagram. I I just figured out how to interact with Twitter. As in, like, I just I've just started to organize my thoughts into yeah. what I want to do for each one. And and I was at this like seminar in LA a while back, and it was kind of a it was like a playground, like it was like a test for for songwriters. And I and I say playground as in like they were they were putting us through all these different classes and seminars about NFTs, about TikTok, about marketing, about brand identity, all this, you know, business crap about being a songwriter and artist. Um, and, and I was, and I was there because, uh, you know, we'd gotten invited with a couple other songwriters sure. and they were talking about uh, essentially, yeah, marketing your brand identity. And, and one of the, one of the most interesting parts to me was, you know, so tackling social media, there was an 18 year old, not 18, he was probably 19 or 20, 20 year old kid there who's in the Air Force and he just happens to put on a cowboy hat and, and, and sing country songs every weekend. Well, his TikTok is, is enormous yeah. um, because he's just grown up with it and he knows sure. how to and he knows how to navigate. Yeah. Um, but he's uh, but he's still young. And so when he gets on stage. We saw we you know we all performed later in the in the weekend together and you know he gets on stage and you can tell that he hasn't played very many shows right sure um, but uh, they 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 were like you know okay so essentially you know Facebook has a face our parents took over Facebook right yeah and then okay. most most of us and then the young and then the the next generation coming up Gen Z all over TikTok and then uh, you know Instagram is kind of a mix sure and then you got a very specific type of person that's tweeting a lot. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm still, I'm still figuring it all out, but I mean, yeah, ultimately I think the most important thing is being able to, being able to like, you know, put your pants on, get on the road, drive for five hours and play a good show. I agree. I think it translates more than anything. And uh, no matter how long these social media platforms stay, stay around, I mean, there's always going to be more and they're always going to evolve and, and yeah. eventually Instagram is going to be all of us when we're old and gray and, and everyone's <laughs> going to say, get off it because, or, or Instagram is <laughs> going to become the new Facebook. I promise. Although I will say I have my parents on Instagram and, and nice. you know, which is like ridiculous. And, and I don't know if you've ever seen the, uh, the, the internship uh, with Vince Vaughn and uh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. exchange gram That's what my dad says. He goes, I'm going to put it on the line, exchange gram And he on knows he, he knows he's making a joke. Yeah. But I'm like, Dad, it's, you use that one often. And he goes, but he, and he's the kind of guy, this is funny, you'll laugh at this. He's the kind of guy to sign into Instagram and Facebook on his phone and then sign out before he closes the app. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is amazing, dude. Yep. Oh, like, my God. 
I'm like, dad, why are you signing in? Why are you signing out? He's like, well, what if I like open it up and like butt post something? I'm like, this 2023, these phones don't pick up your, your, your jean pocket. I'm sure you're, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you're all right. No one's going to go right through, like, it's not going to go right through your phone and open up your photos and just miraculously post, post something. I'm, I'm sure you'll live, but he does it. He signs out and he signs in every time. It's, it's pretty common. Um, the, the, one of the, I guess you call it a, pe- a pet peeve or something of, um, of parents on social media or parents with technology is, uh, uh, you know, my, my parents always, uh, address their texts. So it's, it's, it's dear Gabe or, or like dear son. And then, uh, then they close it with like, it's comma, like, like from or love comma mom or dad. (laughs) Like, I'm just, I'm just like, Oh, thanks. I wouldn't have known. Oh my God. I know. It's, it's like, you don't have like, like, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's like when, um, when caller ID became a thing when we were, when we were kids and they, Hey, it's so-and-so it's like, Oh yeah, we didn't see it on the little freaking phone. Like uh, it's the same deal. It's so funny. Mine is mine. is. When I, I, uh, so, so what I hate is, uh, this is really prevalent with a couple of my aunts. Cause they're just, they're a little bit older than my mom, but they'll send everything with like 10 spaces. So like, hi, space, 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 like what? Space, space, space. Like, why can't you just hit one space? And I don't know if they can't see the space, but it's so annoying. That or like the five messages to get one point across. That's ridiculous too. That's just, that's unreal. Oh, <laughs> uh, goddamn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know exactly it's what I'm so- talking about. So um, I wanted to bring something up quick here and then we're going to, you know, go back to regularly scheduled programming. But um, I remember over, it was either Thanksgiving or Christmas or it it was, it was one of the holidays. And I saw that you posted something that uh, (laughs) resonates with my family. I don't know if you tweeted it or if it was on your stories or whatever it was, but you said, "Does, does anyone else's family have like, like a shrimp cocktail? as like an appetizer um, yeah man family holidays and i was like holy shit my entire life we've always had the shrimp cocktail no matter what it is and it's always like a big ass platter of shrimp and we mm-hmm. eat every single one of them and it was funny that you posted that. i think it might have been thanksgiving because when you posted it uh for some reason someone didn't bring the shrimp that day and no. my brother was really <laughs> mad he was like where the hell is the shrimp yeah. Um, and they're like, oh, we just decided we didn't eat it this year and w- never again, because it was missing. Trust me. We knew it wasn't there. <laughs> it was, is that a weird thing? Like, I didn't know that that wasn't normal. I mean, I, I, that's why, that's why I posted it. Cause I was honestly curious how many other people were, were on the shrimp ring, uh, you know, train. I mean, yeah, like you said, we, we've done that, you know, growing up every year and uh, it's, I guess it's kind of like a shrimp ring. I guess like shrimp cocktail is like kind of fancy. Yeah. But then at, at Kroger or like or right. whatever your grocery stores, they sell like that shitty fucking ring of shrimp. <laughs> and, With the co- and, uh, we get the cocktail sauce in the middle. It all comes in one. Exactly. Right? Yeah, and it's it's for us. It has always just been it, one of those things. <laughs> one of those things that's there. It's like different families have have different shit. Like uh, just this afternoon. I opened up a jar of, um, of, do you know what chow chow is? No. Um, you know, like relish that goes on a hot dog. Yeah. 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 Okay. So it's like a homemade relish, but, um, uh, my, my girlfriend's family from Alabama, they make it, uh, year round. 
but when I was down there for Christmas, I picked up some because I got some last year and I was like, oh my God, this stuff's incredible. So it's just like squash and peppers and stuff and like nice. vinegar and, and you season it. And it's just, it's a kind of relish. You can put it on a, on sausage, a dog, you can put it on bread. Um, but uh, yeah, like every family has their own, whatever it is. And, yeah. and uh, my family, you know, for Thanksgiving and the holidays, we do the most Asian thing ever dumplings but they're <laughs> but they're like super fire dumplings they like, look so good i've seen them these I are them. yeah these are these are handmade like my brother and i are like freaking factory workers like we <laughs> like my mom my mom makes the mix and she brings out the uh like the wrapping paper like the dough yeah and it's all ready to go they're in little circles and we just you know we slap on the meat mix which is usually like cabbage and carrot and and, and then chicken or shrimp and we just like fold it up like we just it's it's like it's like clockwork it's like machinery and we usually make like two to three hundred of these suckers and over the holidays we'll go to like everyone's house for you know for dinner or for lunch and we'll bring them and like it's it they're always a hit and that's if we're going to talk about like family foods that is our biggest one for sure i love that Cause we have one too. And it's like, I'm, I may not look it, but I'm half Italian. My mom's Italian. My dad's Irish. But so on Christmas we have a uh, pasta and that's like our thing. We have like, we like four or five courses by the end. I want to puke, but, but we have pastas. Like, I got to um, come to your family for Christmas. I'm telling you, you should please <laughs> love it. We do ready for this. We do the antipasta, which is the shrimp and the meats and, and the, and the, and the cheeses and all that stuff. Then we do the pasta, which is hand rolled out like flour and then put on this little like machine that kind of looks like the neck of a guitar, which splits it into little strings, right? Like into the spaghetti strings. And then you have to dry it out and then you have to boil it. Like it's this crazy process. It's like an overnight type deal. It's nuts. And, but it's the best texture. It's super light. You can eat so much of it. And then after that we do prime rib and then dessert. Pretty fire. It does sound great, right? Listen, (laughs) open invitation. The door is open. Come on in. (laughs) Come on in. We're welcoming. Come on in. We'll, we'll play that's games. The thing, yeah. I, that's, that's the other beautiful thing is like, I mean, across food cultures, like I've dated, um, you know, I've dated like Jewish chicks and, um, and I've, you know, I've dated Italian chicks and like fa- they're in like, you know, in Chinese families also like Asian families, it's just, it's, it's like, come on, eat, come yeah. here, yeah. sit, sit down at our table and eat. Even if you're, you're brand new to the family or a stranger, yeah. like just like get some food in your mouth. You'll be fine. Yeah, that's that's what I'm telling you. That's why I said I put a little pound of John. I go into my girlfriend's house and she says, she says, eat. I'm like, Chris, I, I just ate dinner. She goes, come on, you got to have something. I'm like, oh, what do you have? And she's like, well, well, my mom made pasta or she made this or she made that. And I'm like, all right, I'll have a little bit. But then I found myself eating full blown meals at like 10 o'clock at night. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> um, and it, does, it doesn't digest as well. It's, it's unreal. But anyway, yeah. That's one of my, that's one of my, um, you know, my things too, is cause I used to, I used to bartend for years and I would yeah. come home from, come home from work at like midnight and I'd be starving and I, and I eat, you know, some trash food at like 1am and yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to fix that. But I, I, you know, if you got good food lying around, why not? Why not eat it? Right. It's there. We might as well. <laughs> we might as well. Those are two of the greatest things. I think, I think, uh, food and music it brings people together and I love it. I think it we does. related. How did we relate that to music? I'm not sure, but we did. We did. Good job. I, I, thanks. I, I got a, I got a star for today. A nice little. I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're running the show. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> I mean, listen, 
if I can't figure it out by now, I don't know what I'm doing. But um, so uh, let's dive into this project here. Um, it's incredible. Uh, it's called The Hometown Kid. It's 12 songs. Um, and I mean, you've gotten a lot of recognition about it for this year. I mean, obviously, we talked about Grady Smith a little bit, who's a huge YouTuber, if you don't know him. And 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 he loves this kind of stuff. And he's he's really good. I watch him all the time. And and I think he's a really cool guy. I mean, I would love to just kind of pick his brain sometime because I think he's awesome. But um, so Grady Smith, obviously, Whiskey Riff is 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 a is a popular one. Then Rolling Stones on there. I think Billboard. And there's there's a handful more that I'm blanking on right now. But I mean, it's it's gotten some great some great traction and and you know some great recognition which i think is incredibly well deserved but this is your your third full record and um for me personally this one meant a lot i mean when i when i listened i've obviously i listen to everything but when i listen to this one for some reason and i think it has it's the personal factor to it because it's it seems incredibly personal, but I think that's the part that, that really did something for me, but I love it. Um, let's just start by just talking about, I mean, these 12 songs, did you have 150 and you had to dial it down to these 12 or did you just kind of know that these 12 songs were going to be it? Cause I mean, it, it really is just phenomenal. It, it's unreal. Uh, thanks man. The, the recording sessions lasted, um, I would say over a year, like, I mean, as far as like the time in between, mm -hmm. there were, it was probably about over that time. And this gives, gives, gives you a little insight into like how some recording sessions work. I mean, sometimes you go in there, you only have two days and you got to get it all done. Yeah. For us, it was, we, we were using this, we've been using the same studio. It's called Farmland Studios. We recorded all three of our records there. And um, they've been getting, you know, busier and busier. It's a very small studio and they have limited space and limited workers, uh, engineers and stuff. So um, we had to space out this record quite a bit. And part of it was because of a, you know, limitation of time and resources. But the other, uh, the other part was because I wasn't sure, you know, out of, I think it was probably out of like 17 or 18 songs. I wasn't sure which ones I wanted to cut. Mm -hmm. And so we ended up cutting all of them pretty much over that year, uh, year and a half span. Uh, and uh, then when, um, I think it was like three sessions, three or four sessions total in that time. And I, you know, the first session I tried a few songs out, only liked one of them. Second session, we did a few more. And by the third and fourth sessions, we'd, we'd figured it out and we're adding harmonies and fixing tracks and basically it had it, had had it down. Um, but, you know, there's, there's a lot of space and time in between those sessions because if you don't book a studio, you know, one month ahead, they're going to be booked. Right. So um, the, uh, the basically ended up the, the 12 tracks, it's, I guess it's 12 tracks and technically 13 songs because one track is double. Yep. Um, there's two songs on that longer run uh, and hammer down. And uh, the album came together pretty well. The entire process was, was a lot of fun as usual. I mean, one of the best things about being an artist is sitting in the studio and working on your stuff and especially especially when you're with friends and when you're with your producers who are your buddies really good uh musicians of course uh some of these guys are hired uh but after three records we've worked with a lot of these guys multiple times we use these guys for uh big shows around nashville um on bigger stages you know and so they've, they've definitely become you know my close friends 
And there's nothing better than sitting in a studio, working on a song, having the mic right in front of you. Um, so it this this the, the the hometown kid record did take quite a while to create and release, um, but we had you know we were in no rush. We just we just felt that since Honky Tonk Hell came out in 2020 and we weren't able yeah. to tour on it, uh, that uh, we were gonna really take our time, make sure we had you know our uh, all of our dates and all of our projected like release times in sight, ready to ready to fire and. Uh, I think we did a good job rolling it out. A lot of that has to do with Emily, who you met, our one of our new managers. Um, she had us on top of the ball every single time um, for announcements and release information and um, getting us on Americana Radio, that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. Um, getting getting us on premieres for, uh, for stuff like Whiskey Riff. Um, and uh, yes, so the team is growing a little bit, which which helps us okay. like execute better. Yeah. Um, but again, I'm, I'm a student of music and I'm a student of the business and uh, people, people spend years and years and years doing this business and, and it, and some, you know, they find different levels of success. So my, my, my definition of success, you know, is that we've gotten on Americana radio with this record and uh, we have, we got in the top 15 um, on the chart, on the singles chart for Americana radio with, with the song Rusty. Nice. Um, and we also have a uh, the Buffalo Road official music video coming out, which That's is cool. uh, going to be awesome too. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Those are great goals, and and I'm and I'm glad you're able to achieve those. I think it's I think it's pretty cool. And I mean, yeah. listen, I, I I it's deserved. I'm glad the team is growing, and I'm I'm, I'm glad you were you know, able to get these songs out there to people. And and I always say that it's better to let things marinate than to rush them out. Right. Cause you can kind of tell. And I, and, and yeah, was I getting a little antsy after two years about nothing from Gabe? Yeah, I was. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I burn out honky tonk hell on my record player pretty often. And I was like, man, I, I, I could really go for some new stuff and, and none of this disappointed at all. Um, I, I, from from one to twelve, I, I don't even know if I could pick a favorite. I think "Longer I Run, Hammer Down" is cool because it's obviously like you know it's two songs and and one track, which I think is really really cool. It's very uh, uh, it's, that's a very unique thing we did, I, and yeah. I don't you won't find a lot of folks who who would try that. And we, you know, we were like let's mess around and and find out essentially, and we ended up liking it. So I'm glad you like. What it. was your reasoning <laughs> for that? I'm curious. Well, the story matched up. It was also in the same key, which was important. Right. Um, but the songs were written entirely separately. Just one was about, you know, the, the, it starts out with a guy longer I run and a, a song, just, you know, someone who's like, you know, spent a lot of time like eating up miles on the road. And, and sometimes it's interesting when you're out touring, sometimes it feels like, you know, the first, the first thing that you could go for, like the thing that you want the most is just to be back home in your own bed. And then sometimes like, you know, cause you're in hotel rooms, you're sleeping in your car, you're, um, you're living out of green rooms and music venues, uh, which is so much fun. But, you know, after a couple of weeks, you're like, man, I miss, I miss my bed. And then when you, when you get home, um, after a couple of weeks, you're like, man, I can't, I kind of miss the road. Yeah. You know? So that was the premise of that song is like, you know, I, I'm not ready to come home just yet. And then, and then it, there's a little ambient turn. And it stays in the same key. It goes to Hammer Down, which is a song. Essentially, it it came from being locked out of this very house that I'm in, and I 
actually it has these funny locks he has these like button locks on the doors i live in this like downstairs area and uh and uh my girlfriend and i locked ourselves out of this house one day and <laughs> there's, there's two ways to get in one way is to climb up the back deck uh <laughs> and bust in through the french doors up there nice. but when you do that you mess with the hinges and it it like it fucks with the insulation so i didn't want to do that even though that was like a last resort so i ended up uh finding a uh, clothes hanger and there's a window right here by this kitchen and uh it's just got a standard like window lock yeah. but i slid uh, the hook of the clothes hanger into it and scraped it across and it undid the lock and i was able to sneak back into this very basement <laughs> and and um the uh the premise of of hammer down the second half of the track was um like someone that keeps shooting themselves in the foot and that is trying is trying hard but like um you know the door i think the first line is something about like you know the doors the doors locked nobody is getting in nobody's coming out right. and i think that's the consequence of of the drifter from the first half of the song is saying, you know, I'm, I, I don't want to come home yet. By the time they're ready to come home, home's closed, you know, like, right. uh, so we, we just threw those tracks together and even more fun sonically. Uh, the first half of the song is kind of soul. And then the second half is um, like a Western swing. Totally. Uh, that's why I think it's cool. It sticks out in my head. And, and it's, it's definitely one of those things where like, cause, cause obviously, you know me like I, I listen to records from from one to 12 and then or you know from top to bottom and then i go in there and i decide which ones are my favorite but i remember sitting probably on this very couch and i, I was sitting here and and uh that came on and i was like oh that's kind of cool but i wasn't sure that it, if it jumped to another song and i was like wait why do i feel like this is still the same track so i went to look and i was, I was surprised yeah. and I, I thought it was awesome um because again, like I didn't click on the song to see the the actual length of it. So I just kind of was going through and it just kind of started flowing. And I, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was really, really cool. And um, so I love that approach. And, you know, what I got from this is, is, uh, you know, make sure that your locks are maybe a little more uh, uh, not standard. So Gabe can't sho shove a little hanger in there and unlock <laughs> your windows and come on through your window. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do I that. Got, I, I got mean, scared, man. <laughs> you, you, you could be a locksmith you never know if, if uh you decide to hang up the uh the boots for this music thing you never know you could be a locksmith <laughs> for sure I've, I've always wondered you know i've always wondered and and like if, if i wasn't doing music and i'm still you know i got i got time like who knows i may end up pouring concrete one day but well, um, you, well you, you have a you have a journalism degree i do i i have a, I have a solid degree i could definitely take it somewhere i just you know i i i don't know that I would, I would ever uh, be able to go back from Don't. being a musician. Don't like, ever. I think I think I've essentially ruined myself because I I now I now currently live a life to where I'm I'm basically in between shows, which is um, like basically the road work, being on the road. Um, between there, between those things, I'm uh, either booking shows, designing merch, or working on merch um you know selling stuff you know selling merch like packaging up and taking it out every day um or just writing songs and yeah. it's a it's a it's a lot of fun especially like because right now like money wise like we're kind of just getting by um you think about three studio records um records ain't cheap yeah um and then i'm going into studio next week to record a fourth so like you know all all this all this is is really fun and great but like if you're thinking about it from a business perspective 
um, you know, you want to see a return you want on your investment. And, and ultimately right now I'm, I'm like, you know what, while I'm doing this and while I love it, I should, I, I should invest what I can. I should invest, um, you know, what's, what's up to, up to a point that's smart, you know? Um, and, um, that's, that's exactly what we're doing. So we'll see, but yeah, working on, working on more stuff next week. Um, but uh, essentially I've, I've made myself useless because I, I don't think I could ever go back to a, a desk job or, or even like a bartending job because <laughs> I I've done plenty of that. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't ever go back. I mean, listen, I, I would, I, that would, that would break my heart. It would. And it's funny you say, cause someone asked me last week if I would ever go back to school and I told him I couldn't, I told him, I think I, I, at some point you become, so far out of an environment that maybe you're used to before that it's just really hard to make that switch, especially if you're like you and you love what you're doing, right? Like you, you can't yeah. do that. So, and, and you never will. And that, that's the beauty of it. And you know, what's funny is like, is like, uh, you know, one thing that, that just stuck out to me that, that you just said was like, you know, you're, you're three records in the one thing I know about Gabe Lee is he loves records and he's going to keep putting out records. Right. And, and, and for I'm that, sorry. you know, you know, there is return there and, and and eventually you'll be able to put out two at a time if you want to. And, and you'll never have to worry about anything. So, <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, I think that, that that's great. And I, and I love to hear you say that, that you're loving doing it and you're loving to put out records. Cause that, that's, what's important. If you had to look at this collection of songs right here and you had to go play a show next week. Right. And, um, you want to maybe play something that you don't often play. What song are you going to pick? why are you going to pick it? And, um, you know, like obviously in your set, you play some of your older stuff and you play some of your newer stuff. But if, if there was a favorite song on here that you don't play, what is it and why? Uh, Angel Band is, is a really fun closer. Um, or like, uh, you know, a closer right before an encore or maybe like an encore when you come back on as the very last song, because, uh, I, I get to play keys on it. Nice. Um, I get to, um, there's, the great like there's a very easy sing-along chorus um easy harmonies and it's the the song itself uh when when i'm playing it in in nashville it's very relatable because it's it's like the life of a picker that it didn't really work out but um if if you know all things said and done if if they're gonna just not have the success that they thought they wanted they're at the very least um, you know, if they die and go to heaven, then, uh, they want to play in the band in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> so like, like, cause you know, if, if, if it, if, if the, if, if the Christians are right and heaven is real, there, there better be some honky tonk bands up there, you know, yeah. Listen, <laughs> who's got, someone's got to play, right? Someone's got to play. So, uh, yeah. So oh. it, I, it's just, it's just the fun to imagine like, um, the drifter picker, um, who is, who is down on their luck, but is like, you know what, like at the end of the day, I'm doing what I love. And, and, um, you gotta think, you gotta think that people, even like, even like the legends, you know, like the Hank Williams, the Waylon Jennings, the Willie Nelson's like, you gotta think that, um, their, if their spirit were to move on anywhere, like their spirit would be in a honky tonk band in heaven. Right. Um, it's kind of like a uniting you know, message. So, so that one for sure. Um, I need to start, uh, playing kind of man out more kind of man's a lot of fun. It's, it was written for a friend of mine. He, he was this old, um, 
he was this old dishwasher at the at the bar that I worked at for for years. His name was uh, Tim Abrams, and he passed uh, last year um, from like a liver cancer, and you know just just this old alcoholic essentially. But what 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 he was wasn't really an alcoholic. He was he was a felon, uh, and he had spent like forty years in the Tennessee State Penitentiary. And when he got out, his only recourse was to be in like a halfway house to where they would let him out to work. And so he worked as a dishwasher, um, and which was one of the only jobs he could take. And he was a huge Tennessee Vols fan. And I grew up in, in Tennessee, obviously, and um, I've, I've rooted for the Vols at times. I don't – I'm not a Tennessee fan by any means because uh, I went to Indiana for school. Yeah. And, and the Vols are um, – they're they you know they're kind of infuriating in a lot of ways but, um but and 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 their fan base is just as crazy and he is one of those crazies so like every saturday sunday i'd show up to work you know setting up the bar and 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 he'd be you know gabbing about the balls and we'd be talking shit sure um and and he was just he was just one of those hillbillies that was always like you know, man, like, you know, when I, he's, he's an uncle Rico, you know, like he was like, when I was, in, when I was in, when I was in middle school, I could throw a ball clear, clear over the mountains, you know, like I throw the ball over uh, the mountains. <laughs> and, and he's always talking about his glory days and, and well, hell, if that isn't every single redneck I've ever met, like sure. you want to, you want to get you, you want to get someone talking ever, like, you know, in the South, just be like, Hey, tell me about your like football days. Um, and they could have been like on the shittiest team in the entire state, but they would make it sound like they were winning national championships. <laughs> uh, and so I just, I just love that sentiment. And then, then I wrote that song kind of man about, man, if I could just go back like to my high school days, I'd be a fucking champion. You know, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be, I'd be Derek Henry. And th- those kind of, those kind of sentiments just, they crack me up. And I, and I, and I don't play that song a lot because it's like a full rock sound. And right now I play acoustic a lot, you know, on the road. Um, but I'm working up a, an arrangement to where I can, you know, play on play on an acoustic and make it sound good. So that would probably be the second one. That one or Angel Band are, are ones I should play out more, I think. I, I think they're both fantastic. I do. And um, listen, I would love to hear them. And, and But I will say this, that that to when I, when I, I, I guess, when was that show in like October or? something like that when i went to see you in in new york like there was a healthy mix of older stuff and newer stuff and that's what i was looking for i was looking for the newer stuff right i I wanted you to play it and and i'm glad that you did i mean obviously you're not going to play the whole thing it takes up a lot of time but i i i love that there was just this healthy bit of each because i think that you know records are are kind of stages in life right like like you know, mm-hmm. you go through different stages and, and that's why you put out pro- these projects and, and to see that transition and to see that growth is really important. I think if there's someone new in the, in the, in, you know, in the seats out there, then they want to hear that too. And that's all part of your story, which we go back to all the time. Right. So I think that um, to be able to go out there and kind of play all these songs that, that, you know, some of these songs you put out years ago, but you still love them. Um I think yeah. that's cool, and and I love to hear it. Um, and I, you know, nonetheless, I, 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 
I'm, I'm a huge supporter and, and I, I think that, you know, this project is incredible and I hope it continues to do great things. What, and, what would you yeah. like to hear more off the record? If oh you were man. To... Um, hmm. what, let me Cause we play, we play rusty a lot. Um, yeah, we play, a lot. Um, well, we you play played, stars. you played wide open, wide open. Um, yep. And then we, did you play lonely? <laughs> No, yeah. So the slower like acoustic them. ones, I don't play out as much, but I'll play them at like songwriter rounds where right. it's just me and a guitar. I uh, like Lonely a lot, and I love Buffalo Road too. I think yeah, I need a I need a piano for the Buffalo Road normally, but right. um, that one that one like I said, we have a music video coming for, and even without us asking, radio stations have been playing that song good enough. So that's pretty. That's cool. awesome. That's really awesome. Um, in terms of uh, stations, where where are you hearing some of these songs being played? Well, mostly in Texas, and cool. then um, any any Americana reporting station. So a lot of that's uh, a lot of that's in the South and the Midwest. Um, we're seeing folks we're seeing folks from, from all over, like you know, sending me a snap of of uh, them seeing the song on um, on Sirius XM. So so Outlaw Country has been playing Wide Open. It's been playing Rusty as well. Um, and then, you know, locally here in locally here in Nashville, um, WMOT um, Roots Radio, they they really like to um, push local acts and they've invited us out to their um, their Friday jams, you know, where we play 30 minute sets. Um, so, yeah, they're, they've been they've been really helpful. And uh, Rusty is currently on the Americana singles chart at. Uh, I think like I think it after the holidays it came down to 19, but for about a month and a half it was sitting out there in the top 15, which is pretty cool. Um, and you know when you're when you that's it's another reminder of like it's an affirmation. It's like keep doing what you're doing because I, you know, we see Taurus Music Group, Gabe Lee, Rusty up there, and and it's with like it's with like Nikki Lane and yeah. <laughs> like, like Rodney Crowell. Um, and all these, all these great names, you know, the, the Tedeschi trucks, um, Stapleton, you know, these kind of names that you're like, okay, well, if we're, if we're in this, you know, if we're in this range, uh, if we're, you know, if we're close to these guys, it, it's gotta be, a, it's gotta be a good sign. Right. I love it. Hey, that, that is totally a good sign. I think those are great names and, and uh, you know, you have every reason to be a part of those names. You really do. So um, I, I just, I think it's fantastic. You know, Alex Torres told me last time I saw him, uh, he said, he said, I heard, you know, Gabe's voice for the first time. And, and I knew that this is one of the greatest voices I ever heard. And I've wanted to work with him. And I totally agree. I, I, you know, like I, I, I think that, you know, there are in, in music today, there's a lot of, uh, saturation in terms of similar sounds. And the one thing I know about you is that, uh, there won't be someone similar to you you are in your own lane and you are uh you know you are unique you are authentically yourself and, and uh that's exactly what you should be so uh i hope you continue um to do that and um oh yeah listen these songs are incredible and you know everything you'll put out after this will also be incredible uh, i hope eventually it will be on vinyl i will be buying it um so uh you know when that day comes uh let me know and put me down for one or five so i can spread them to other people uh i'll get Gabe, you i just had some koozies come in man i'll get you yeah, i love this new design dude this new design is great cool right look at that and then the new shirt's cool too i love it i love it i'll send you i'll send you a, i'll send you a couple yeah 
we'll do it. We'll do a swap. I, I know I owe you something too. So yeah. we'll do, we'll do a little bit of a swap, but um, Gabe, thanks for coming to hang out with me, dude. I appreciate it. Um, you know, you're always, you're always welcome to come back and hang out. And uh, I always enjoy talking and shooting the shit with you. So uh, thanks for coming to hang. I appreciate it. Yeah. Let's do it again, bud. Of course. Uh, where are you playing in the next couple of weeks or so? Uh, and where can they, um, you know, if you have that, that, schedule lined up anywhere if if you can uh you know well um you know the next couple of weeks is just local stuff really cool. like you know i'm at bobby's Idle hour in nashville nice. um i'm playing some private events uh that's kind of getting me through the winter cool uh but uh, starting like march 3rd uh we'll be at duke's in indianapolis amazing tiny honky-tonk dive um, amazing, amazing place. So if you're ever in that area, if you're kind of in the surrounding Illinois, Kentucky, Indiana area, check out Dukes. Cool. We'll be there at the beginning of March, coming down through Kentucky, then headed west through Memphis. All the like we're gonna spend almost all of March in Texas. So if you're, you know, if you're in if you're in Texas, you'll hear about us uh in March and then West Coast in April. So uh, it's it's going to be a good two or three months. I'm, I'm gone on the road and um, yeah, we'll see you out there. I love it. I love it. Gabe, keep doing your thing. You're incredible. Uh, keep rocking. Keep putting out music and, and you know, keep being you because you kick ass. Everybody, you can go follow Gabe on Instagram at Mr. Gabe Lee, all one word. Um, keep up with with music and, and, and shows and, and all those good things and and, you know, follow along and, and you know, he's incredible. So uh, listen do all the good things. Everybody, this is another episode of the Remember Country Music Podcast. Remember to rate, subscribe, give us five stars for that episode. And follow us on Instagram at RCM underscore podcast. New episodes come out every Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, it's all there. Uh, share it with your friends, share it with your family, and uh, do all the good things. Everybody, another episode of the RCM Podcast. I'm Kyle. That's Gabe. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.